Welcome to This Week in Sports with Eric and Cousin Dave. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with with Dave Kramer, and the championship weekend is set. The division matchup last week, we said we love these matchups. This, these games will be good. We were all surprised with how good they were. Every game ended on a walk-off. Like, this has never happened. Like, it was the greatest weekend of playoff football in my life and probably ever, I would say. I, I, I mean, I know a lot about sports history, but I don't think there's ever been a playoff weekend like this. <laughs> this was nuts. This is unbelievable to watch. It was fun. Um, I'm sure, Dave, you have the same thoughts, but <laughs> it was some of the games just left. And one game should not have been as close as it was. Um, so we'll get into that. Um, Dave, early thoughts on the division weekend? Uh, it's, some say it's the best weekend of the year, just because it's always usually the eight best teams. Um, this, I mean, it's a great sports day in general with all the, I mean, there was these games, there was a, like 130 college basketball games, full full slate of the NBA and the NHL. But obviously, number one sport is NFL. And it was fantastic. Like you said, four walk-offs. You don't see that very often. Um I mean, I mean we'll, I'm sure we'll break them down here one by one, if not, if not do the couple main ones. But uh, just hard to knock down the knock down, knock down the champs. Really, Chiefs showed that showed that guts. The Bills, Josh Allen proved that he's he's eventually going to get get his. You got these young quarterback in, in Burrow, the fantastic defense of uh, of the 49ers. America rejoicing because Aaron Rodgers is now the the heel of the heel of the NFL. And uh, it's bigger to us, I think, than to some people. But Matt Stafford getting this, getting another playoff win and moving on. All yeah. in all, it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. right. We can go one by one here. Um, obviously, let's start off. I mean, the road teams, all but one pulled off the upset on the road. And Cincinnati, um, they're um, – they're for real. <laughs> um, this is a team that I think we fin- in our preseason finished picked to finish dead last in that division. Um, this is we weren't expecting this from them, and they just that offense is explosive. And Joe Burrow, I mean, if he, uh, I mean. He's got the there's there's the tangibles and intangibles. He's got it all. And the intangibles is that swagger, that confidence. And he's <laughs> he's leading that team. And if and if they included playoffs for MVP, Joe Burrow would be my MVP, I would say. Um, just for what he's done. I know that's unpopular, but he didn't have all that great of a game. I mean, no touchdowns, threw for 348 um, and one interception. Um, so there's uh, there's that. But turnovers, I mean, look, I mean, turnover, turnovers are going to cost you in the regular season. 
they're going to kill you in the playoffs. And it did for Tennessee. Three interceptions by Ryan Tannehill. I mean, they're, they're driving. I mean, they're driving for the win. And you're either playing, I know people said, oh, they're playing for the tie, but you know, Tennessee was going for the win. And Tannehill just made a horrible throw, I thought. I mean, he just, although there might have been some miscommunication, but the throw, I thought just slid a little bit. And ultimately, it's going to be, yeah, that... it's, it's just going to be on Tannehill, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I think Tannehill's days are probably numbered in Tennessee. That's a that's a good team. And I think the first pass of the game he was picked, right? I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, he just – I mean, he cost it for them. This team, Tennessee, all year just preyed on the defensive line. They had all the all the makings to win this game. It's just something Ryan was bad. Derek was – Derek Henry – you could tell he was laboring. He just looked like he just wasn't quite there yet. And can you blame the guy? He's got a metal plate and five or six screws in his foot. And uh, Dante um, Foreman looked like the better back that day. But uh, yeah. Tannehill just he played terrible. Yeah. Defense did great for Tennessee. I mean, they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. I mean, yeah, I mean that's unreal. They, I mean. they they took they took about a field goal range. I think with two of the sacks took him out of field goal range. I mean. They did all they could on the defensive side, but they just didn't have any offense. And to give credit where credit's due, Cincinnati, they're almost kind of like the San Francisco of the uh, of the NFC here. They're just they're playing with a ton of confidence, almost a little bit with seems like with house money. And if you're the if you're the Bengals, you're going to Arrowhead. Joe's already he's already said stuff in the previous years how he's never been to a NFL stadium that that uh, rivals any of his SEC places he's been to especially in LSU over there at nighttime and uh, just go and have fun. You never know. This game is close in the third, fourth quarter. It just takes one, one, one play, something, something to mess up on, on the, on Kansas city side. And you can have the Bengals in the Super Bowl. That's, that, that's insane to me to think about seven weeks ago, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, it came down to the, and this is Cincinnati clinched the AFC North against this Kansas city team. Mm-hmm. So, get a rematch. Um, but the NFC division on Saturday, again, this was a team. I mean, we said it last week, uh, the previous week against in the wild card round, it's San Francisco. I mean, this is a team that can pull the upsets. They are. And, but Aaron Rodgers didn't play that bad. I mean, by his standards, yes. But, look, the weather was shit. I mean, it's cold. It's snowing. It's special teams. Special teams cost. Won that game for San Fran and lost it for Green Bay. I mean, they blocked that field goal. They blocked the field goal at the end of the half to keep it 7 nothing. And then they blocked the punt to, for the game-time touchdown. And then you line up 10 guys on the, you put 10 guys on the field. I mean, I mean, that's, I don't know, it's on a, that's on more LaFleur and the special teams coach than 
anyone. I mean, those are the two to blame them. Like, how do you not notice that? I can't recall if there were any timeouts um, for Green Bay, but for me, I love it um, because Green Bay's out and very few things on this earth would bring, bring me more pleasure than watching Green Bay fans suffer. Um, but it does bring up some questions, which we'll discuss later. Um, but yeah, San Francisco's defense, early on, Green Bay just ran down the field. They just, it was like, this is, I thought right away, this game's going to be a blowout. And they looked, Green Bay looked good. But as the game got on, that defense of San Fran, ooh, <laughs> they are scary when they're healthy and good. I mean, they got lucky that Fred Warner's ankle was good and those are clear protocol. Those guys are all over. And this is an, this is a team that is scary to face. And the Rams face them and they haven't beat, they're like, what is it, 0 6? I don't think, I don't think McVeigh has ever beat Kyle Shanahan. I mean, this could be just one of the cases where they have the Rams number. I mean, it's, it very possibly could be that way after, after Sunday. Yeah. But uh, you go back to this Packers, Packers Niners game and yeah, I, I agree with you 100% everything you said. you said. I mean, you made very valid points. Um, Aaron didn't play bad. I think a couple of things in the fourth quarter. Um, he forced to uh, Devontae a few times when he had uh, Lazard one time wide open. And uh, one time he also had Cobb wide open for easy 15, 20-yard pass. But he threw double coverage just because, I mean, that's his guy, I guess. Live and die with it. But uh, as it got colder, it just seemed like, San Francisco just kept punishing you. I mean, they were just rotating men in and out of the defensive line. They were hitting you hard as can be. I mean, it's a good team. Like I like we mentioned earlier, they're 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 seeing like they're playing with house money as well. But this is a perfect built team, kind of like when they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, is they've got a fantastic running game. They got a great defense. Got a little mix up stuff that they can do with some of their uh with uh Samuel and, and all these guys. But you know what's coming eventually. I mean, when's the Garoppolo game coming? The 11 for 25 for 222 and, and, and three picks. Well, I mean, there, it's, coming it, it, it's coming sometime. Yeah. I mean, it, ha- it almost happened in the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. That interception, like, that was it. <laughs> that was that moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, the rent. We'll kind of preview that in a little bit, but um, the Sunday slate was just as good, but didn't start off that way. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, it was 27 to three. Rams just dominated that game. And Robert Brady wanted them. And I like, and I texted you the second that happened. Knowing, looking at that time, there was like 7.40 to go in the third quarter, 27 to three. And I texted you, I'm like, I've seen this before. Just as a joke. I'm like, had 27-3, this much time left. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it almost happened. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, they blew the lead. It was tied. 27-27. It, the Rams were trying to give that game away, and Cam Akers, he had that huge fumble in the first half. 
at the end of the first half, inside the five. Um, that was costly. He fumbled it again. He had, so Cam Akers had two fumbles. Matt Gay missed that kick. I mean, uh, if he makes that kick, I mean, we're not we're not talking about what we're about to talk about. I mean, the game's over. I think it forces forces the Bucks to do an onside kick after that playoff Lenny touchdown. Um, so there's that. But I mean, that, that was a moment. I mean, once Tom Brady, once the Bucks tied it. I don't know if it was me. I'm thinking. I mean, there were one. This is one or two outcomes. I've seen it as a Lions fan. You've seen it. What's Stafford going to do here? Is he going to make a mistake, or is he going to be why he leads the league in fourth quarter game-winning drives since 2009? And he threw two perfect passes to Cooper Cup. And, and it's funny that last that last pass when he's rushing people to the line, it brought back um, that 2013 game against Dallas, where he's mic'd up and he's yelling for Riley Reef <laughs> to get to the line because Reef thought Calvin had scored that. <laughs> and he's yelling. Like it, was, it, brought, like it was almost the exact same deal. But there was a question. Oh, and that was at that I saw come up. Why did why did they get that playoff and not Dallas? Um, and there, there's a lot of rules. People saying generally, generally the umpire is the one that spots it, but they handed the ball right to the official who spotted it, which is the right, which is the play. Any official didn't spot the ball. You just have to hand it to him. Going back, Dak hand, handed the ball to his lineman who set it like a yard <laughs> further than what it was. So there was that. Yeah, that was a great that was a great game. Um should not have been. Yeah, this, but it, no, it should have been. It should have been 40, 42-14. You're 100 percent right with the acres fumble. At the end of the first half, so remember they got the ball and started the second half as well, and it scored a touchdown. And uh, or excuse me, no, on the second, their second half scored a touchdown. Excuse yes. me. Yes. Yeah, they could have. They could have. They could have went up twenty-three-three going in the half. Get the ball, punt, the score again. Now you're looking at thirty-three. I mean, this thing's went game over. But they went in the second half. They went punt, touchdown, fumble, punt, fumble, short field goal somehow. Yeah, forty-seven then, uh, yards. Punt. Forty-seven yards. Yeah. Punt and pumble, Stafford's throws. This left, they just left. Uh, they just let, let Tom keep throwing, and they found they got they got real lucky with some reason. I mean, I thought for sure when uh, Tampa Bay started coming back, and and they kept fumbling, and they they kept fumbling the ball, the Rams. Then all of a sudden, Ramsey blows that coverage. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he fell or what. And Evans gets that long touchdown. I think like, he oh, just. I think he just slid. I think he just slid a little bit. It's like something. Yeah. I don't know if, or I think Evans made a great move on it too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ramsey, I mean, that's the right play. I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best corner in the league. I guess mm-hmm. one of the best receivers. And 
yeah, I mean, I'll take that matchup as a defensive coordinator all day. I mean, you, I trust, I would trust Jalen Ramsey in that situation. And I mean, all the best players get burned. What I don't understand is why do you have in that situation for for uh, Todd Bowles' defense? Why are you in a man coverage with a single high safety one on one with Cooper Cup? <laughs> yeah, the, the the last throw Matt did was fantastic. That was a that was a perfect. It's a perfect throw. That was, I mean, that was just classic, classic Matt. Mm-hmm. The first throw was also a good throw. That I mean, he was he was but he was wide. A couple, couple, couple was wide open. He turned around. He was wide open by like five six yards. Like yeah. what the heck happened there too? Something happened Winfield, I think, on that play. But regardless, I'm glad the Rams won. Buccaneers, their season's over. Just like the, just like we got with the uh, our uh, the Packers. Our, our Super Bowl predictions failed. Yes, I think you and I. I think you and I both picked uh, Buffalo and Tampa (laughs) for this. Mm So that happens. Stupid too. I should have looked into that. I mean, we weren't expecting. Got many weren't expecting Godwin to get hurt. We weren't expecting Mm -hmm. AB to do weird things. Well, I mean, you could expect that, but um, I thought he had got it right. Um, But then, but then we go to that night game. Oh wow! Twenty-five points in the final two minutes. It was unreal. That was those two those two minutes. Going down I mean, the game in general is going down in football history. Those two minutes are probably the greatest two minutes in NFL history. I mean, that's. I mean, as you're watching it, I mean, Gabe Davis, I mean, breakout mm-hmm. um, from UCF, um, second-year player, unbelievable. Um, and then, but I was not a fan of, I was not a fan of that uh, defense. Uh, I was not a fan of that defense on, uh, on those final 13 seconds. I mean, those people say they should squib it, but if there's Buffalo fans listening to this, I do apologize. I think last time they squibbed a kick in the playoffs, Frank Wycheck uh, lateraled it, depending on how you view that, lateraled it to Kevin Dyson, who <laughs> took it to the house. Um, so, I, but yeah, man. But here's the other thing, too. Kansas City had all three timeouts. 13 seconds, 75 yards, three timeouts with that offense. It's like giving Stafford, Breeze, Rodgers their own two-minute drill. That's an offense that can strike instantly. And they played horrible defense. I, I do question Leslie Frazier's defensive play call in there. I question more in overtime. Um, all that stuff about the overtime rules being changed. I mean, I guess you could tweak some things if you wanted to. But the the Bills blew two really bad plays in overtime. Yes. Which, which I think cost them the game. And uh, that was not a tired. That's not a playing a long game. That was just blown coverage. I mean, not communicating right. And that's that's what that's what cost them the touchdown in overtime. But all in all, 
I didn't have a I didn't have a dog in the fight, and I thought that this was a fantastic game to watch. I would have been if I was a Chiefs fan or a Bills fan, like a diehard like I am for the Lions, I would have been a, a wreck for those three hours, especially the last two and a half minutes, like you said. Just bravo, Josh Allen, bravo, Patrick Mahomes. That was a great, great game by you guys. I just can't wait to see it again. I wish I it think, was a conference championship game, but yep. those both both these teams lost the Titans, so they don't they don't get the they didn't get the chance to do it that way. Yep. Uh, it was just fantastic. That that, that game is why NFL is the king and always will be the king. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely agree with that. He's, I mean, I mean, I think I texted you like this is. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the new Brady Manning. I, mean, I think this is now a rivalry between these two quarterbacks, mutual respect for each other. And these are two teams that could contend for the next five, six years, I would say. I mean, these are your teams that are going to be, you can see, you'd go into preseason and go, I can see Kansas City repping the AFC. I can see Buffalo winning it. And I hope Buffalo does. I mean, this is a team. I mean, this is a franchise that has had their heart broken four years in a row in the Super Bowl. And um, you know, and that's just that's tough. I mean, it's a, it's hard not to root for a team like that, um, especially being a Lions fan. I mean, same with the Bengals and the frustration as a franchise. I mean. It gives me hope as a Lions fan. I mean, seeing what we did this year, seeing these teams the past few years, how they've turned it around. I know it's bad as a Lions fan to have any hope because it never works out, but eventually it will. Um, but anyway, Conference Championship Sunday, NFC West rematch, 49ers Rams, AFC Chiefs Bengals. Who you got? Um, my picks, my picks are the uh, Rams, Rams and Chiefs. I know that's chalk, but uh, I just think Chiefs at home, revenge game. Already lost to them once. I mean, they were up pretty cozy to them in that first game. They're up fourteen at one point. It kind of, kind of blew that away. I just think the the, the luck runs out here with this uh, San Francisco, San Francisco offense. Um. If they can't beat him now, shame on him. They uh, just forced Jimmy G to pass, and I think Aaron Donald's going to be a monster in this game. And we go from there, and we have ourselves a Super Bowl. Home team, home team hosts again, two years in a row. It's kind of crazy if that happens. It hasn't been done ever. Now, it's, now it could be two years in a row. And uh, let's get Rams, Rams KC for the for all the marbles. I agree with everything you just said there. Um, I do think San Francisco Rams is going to be a good one. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a home game like it was week 18 for the 49ers, um, but the Rams blew that game. Um, and that's my, that is actually my concern. Um, they blew a, they blew that 17, nothing lead to the 49ers. They blew a 24 point lead to the Bucks. I mean, Yes, they won those. They lost that overtime, and they won at the last second. But I mean, that does have that. That's my only concern. Um, I know it's different. 
Um, I don't know if the San Francisco fans are going to be invading SoFi Stadium like they did in week 18. Um, but, I mean, all we can do is see, I mean, Burrow and Arrowhead, like he said, I mean, earlier, he's used to that environment. I mean, this is a guy that played in the SEC, and as much as I hate it, those night games in the SEC are fun to watch. I mean, those stadiums are electric. They're loud. It's just, I mean, that's and that's Arrowhead. Um, a lot of stadium in the NFL. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun Sunday slate. Um, and we'll uh, see who represents uh, their respective conferences. But um, it's going to wrap up the NFL uh, recap there, but some NFL news that came out today, kind of shocking. Um, Sean Payton stepping away. Um, and you mentioned, Dave, you mentioned to me a few weeks ago as a joke, hey, Sean Payton, and the Saints could be open. It's like, whatever, he's not leaving. Well, here we are. Sean Payton has stepped down. So, yeah, that you- was a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, I think we'll find out the real reason here in the upcoming days. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it, there's no indication that he is. I mean, he's a young guy, he's about 58, something like that. Maybe he's. I mean, he's high 50s. He's uh, doesn't seem like any health problems. Now I do know the next few years could be tough for them. I mean, they are in cap hell. They got all the breeze stuff, restructuring all these contracts to get all these all these guys under there still. It's going to be he's, – he's still there for three years technically, so whoever wants to get him, I believe, still has to give him – give composition or give some kind of a pick to uh, to the Saints, even though yep. if he technically retires, they still owe his rights like a player. So you throw a pick at him, go get him. But uh, I, don't think, I don't think this is the last we see of Sean Payton. I think he'll be he'll be back in a year, maybe yep. two. I don't know. So, the urge is always there for these guys, it seems like. But yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, I heard it. The only reason I kind of said something a few, like a, about a month ago was I, I listened to a podcast with Michael Lombardi, and he mentioned something about that. And uh, he must heard it from somebody. Right? He won't report, and uh, so I just kind of said it as a joke. Yeah. But lo and behold, you, you get luckier once in a while. Yeah. But he's a great coach. He's he's up there with the uh, the hires of uh, Belichick and yep. Tomlin and some of these. And John Harbaugh, these respected coaches, he's yep. got one Super Bowl. He should have been in a second one, if not for that horrible interference call. Not an and, interference uh, call. Yeah, not an interference call. And that was, was they probably could have beat those. Uh, I, I, beat think those I, I think I said that. I think I said that. I said that. I was like, I think. It, I mean, they had that bad. I mean, they had that bad interference, the pass interference, no call, um, and then the and then the Minnesota miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, both those teams easily could have won the Super Bowl, I felt. Absolutely. Um, easily, I felt they could have won it. Um, but and there's something magic. I mean, look, you're going way back. His first year, this that was a magical year um, for New Orleans. I mean, that was like, when you take like a America's team, I know that's Dallas and all that, whatever. That year, 06, was like New Orleans was America's team. I mean, they're back in New Orleans after Katrina. That first Monday night, that first game back in the Superdome, Steve Gleason blocking that punt. I mean, immortalized in in the statue. I mean, the ALS battle he's going through. I mean, 
and them making it to the NFC title game losing to the Bears, but that was his first year. And mm-hmm. I mean that's really set in motion a few years later where they're against Peyton Manning and the Colts in the Super Bowl and winning it. Um so he, was, he also was like the first he was like the first offensive guy, yep. so to speak. Before like the McVeighs and yep. and whatnot, he took that risk. He, I mean, he had those brass balls. Super Bowl to do the onside kick to start the second half, and yeah, yeah, and uh, that's the ballsiest call. No I think ever. Yeah, he's no secret that uh, that he always he has ties to Dallas. He loves Dallas. I believe a few years ago, didn't he live in Dallas and then he helicoptered to New Orleans? Something like he that. Did, that. did that quite a bit. And, this is uh, that is Jerry Jones's biggest mistake. Hiring Wade Phillips over Sean Payton. Mm. Because I'll, I'll say it. Dallas wins two super, at least two Super Bowls with Sean Payton. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I mean, it's I'll possible. Say it. I'll say it. I mean, it's very possible. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what he does. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the eyes are going to shift back to Dallas, I think, um, with this. Um, see if uh, Jones decides to fire McCarthy and bring in Sean Payton. But, um, yeah, it was shocking to see that come through today. But, I mean, it's, it happens. I mean, it's understand. I mean, the guy has nothing left to accomplish there. I mean, you're, the signs, it's been really two years in the making. This has been a rebuild coming up. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you knew it was coming. And they're in cap hell as well as Green Bay. So both, I think the NFC South and uh, – NFC South and uh, NFC North could look very different <laughs> next year. Um, Brady and Rogers both contemplating possible retirement. Brady, I think, more so than Rogers. I think Rogers still have, wants to play. Brady, I don't know. I mean, I saw what he said today. I heard what he said on the on the podcast, and I mean, Giselle wants him to be. Hates him getting hit like that, and he wants to be there for his kids and be healthy for his kids. I mean, I think right there, that said it. Um, I'll say it. I think the goat played his last game. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I think I think he's played his last game in Tampa Bay for sure. Uh, that team is even even the last year they kept all the coaches, and I don't think they lost. I think they were like the first Super Bowl champion after who's a free agent and uh, and whatnot. But if you look at that off- offensive side of the ball, Godwin's not going to be back till middle of next year. I think Gronk's done. He, he he's looked older. He's he, he's taken his hits. What's what's keeping him around? Uh, obviously AB's gone. They don't got a really got a running game. There's there's a lot of missing pieces on that team and if you're a guy who just wants to win i mean you're at he's, he's gonna be 45 years old he's not he's not gonna need to need to be around for a rebuild just like what aaron was said why, why do i want to be around here for a rebuild if there's gonna be one 100 percent agree with you guys 100 percent um both of them are still in contract for a year so they got to be traded but uh it's very possible you could see one of these one of those two guys in san francisco which is crazy to think because they're in the NFC title game 
uh, on Sunday with a quarterback as well. But there's a lot of possibilities that can happen. I think a lot of moving parts. But I do think he's played his last game in Tampa Bay. Now, I don't want to see him go because he's still playing at a high level. Probably the, the number two number two in the MVP voting this year. But at the same time, I mean, I'd rather see him go out like he has now rather than be the shell of himself like what Peyton was or what Drew was or Ben was yeah. in the most recent recent memories where they just just sad to see. You have a good game here and there, but you not just get that crap kicked you out of you. You can just, just tell. I mean – yeah, I mean, you saw it with Peyton that super that Super Bowl run. Like I said, I mean that defense carried him. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got you saw it with Breeze. I mean, Breeze, our greatest statistically greatest passer. Um, and you could tell really last those last two years that arm wasn't there. And they have a horrible Michael Thomas contract. Um, that's an interesting one there. Um, but yeah, um, NFL is going to be very interesting next year um, to see what happens. Um, I said it. Um, Jim Irsay tweeted about quarterbacks, and that Carson Wentz deal failed miserably. They have cap room for a Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers duo, and that's a team that that's a team that's built to win now with that defense. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, who will likely I think finish third in MVP. I think that's where he'll finish um, the Russian champion this year. So it'll be interesting to this, this offseason. It's going to be a fun one whenever, when we get to it. Um, but we'll, we'll switch off uh, NFL. We'll quickly go to the NBA. Uh, Dave, I know you had a few things to bring up. Yeah. NBA is kind of, kind of swinging to the full circle here. I mean, it's, I know it's been around since October, but uh, with, the NBA, with the NFL starting to die down, more eyeballs should go this season, and there's a lot of good things to see in this season. A lot of teams are playing really well. Um, a lot of young rookies, a lot of fun young players. If you haven't watched much NBA, I really encourage you to go watch a uh, Nuggets game. Jokic is playing phenomenal. He's playing basketball, a little bit of old school basketball, a little bit of Euro basketball. It's it's just phenomenal to watch. Got the mess in LA. Both LA teams are are, are underachieving like crazy, but. Uh, the big source of this whole uh, season has seemed to be involving around the Nets, part-time Kyrie, Durant, Durant's playing like the best player in the world, Harden adjusting to the new rules, still out of shape, James Harden. Possibly, want, back into possibly, it. Want, possibly wants out. He's a, he is a free agent after this year, and uh, he got someone on his camp to leak a few things today, talking about, uh, about how he's frustrated with Kyrie. Playing part time, how he's frustrated with just some of the, uh, I guess the Brooklyn nightlife, which is which is fine. I mean, this guy is notorious for his nightlife. There's there's been a whole, wish I would have pulled it up, but there's been a whole thing where uh, in America when he goes on the road to these prom where these where the prominent strip clubs are, or yep. the next day he has a game, he plays he plays terrible, and there's no secret to that. He, he's he's made it he's made it clear, and. Uh, but he's a phenomenal player. But the interesting part of this whole thing, I'm kind of trying to get at this real, real quick here before we move on. We talk about NBA in the upcoming weeks. He almost, when this trade went through to Brooklyn last year, there were several NBA GMs, executives, insiders that actually 
were told he was going to Philly. He it was done. He was going to go to Philly. Then at the last minute, something something happened, and no one really has the full story yet, or I haven't heard it. But uh, it, it could be very interesting. The more he might get his wish next year, he can get he can get Harden into Philly, um, presumably. Then he can trade Ben on top of that. I mean, that could be a heck of a team in the next upcoming years. So, there's something to look forward to. Just do some do some research on and, uh, but NBA is doing great. Watch watch the next game. Watch Giannis. There's some fun some fun young rookies too in Detroit. Cade is playing, trying to get the sea legs underneath underneath him now. He's showing some really cool, really cool uh, potential. Yes, he is. Out of him, I think he, I think we got a, we got a good one there. Let's now let's pair him with a few more drafts, a couple other stars. Let's make the most trade deadline. Just stay, get rid of, just get rid stay of within. Um, yeah, I saw. I don't know if you pulled. Up. I forgot to look it up. Jeremy Grant listed his teams um, for trade destinations. Um, so I think we. I think the Pistons do move him. Um, it's crazy yeah. to think. Yeah. It's crazy to think that. Um, it's crazy with the NBA that uh, it is uh, that most players will go for a first round pick in the NBA, but there's only two rounds. So mm-hmm. it's really, I mean, teams will mortgage if NBA, you mortgage your future to win. But that's how it is now. Um, but yeah, he, uh, the preferred destinations he put, let's see, where are we? Why are you uh, looking at up there? The thing you found it? Not yet. He's been out since December tenth. So, uh, yeah. here we go. I think here with the NBA. Go. Okay, I got go it. Ahead. Lakers, Trailblazers, Knicks, Jazz, Wizards, Celtics, Pacers, T Wolves, Hawks, Bulls, and the Kings. Um, last one's really interesting. <laughs> I'm there, but uh, um. Jeremy Grant's a good player, but he's he's, he's, he's the he's, ultimate good good stats, bad team guy. I think where he puts yes, up phenomenal you, stats. You've had that argument. You've had matter. that argument. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it would be interesting to see him on a on a on a on a playoff rotation. How he was I could, up. Not I actually, with, with Denver, I could, but I'd actually like to see him. I could say this. I mean, I know I've talked. I'm not a big NBA guy. Listeners know that, Dave. You know that, but. I actually could see him coming off like a six man on the on a team like the Bulls. And I think that's right. yeah. I could see that fit. Um, the, his style, I think, could fit that very well. I don't think he could go to a Lakers team and help elevate them because um, there's a lot more issues on that team. Lillard always needs always needed the help in Portland, never got it. But Grant's not that type of player. He's not going to be no, like no, a Chris. He's, he's not a Chris Milton. No, no, he's not. He's, he's not that. Um, the Knicks. That's an interesting one. But that's I mean, an interesting we'll, one. That's the one I would. I would have guessed that one. Uh, the teams you mentioned, though, I don't think he's going to Lakers. They want to. They want too much for 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 him. And they don't have the assets to give him up. But like the Blazers, the Pacers, the Kings. I mean, they're all, they're all in blowout modes. So why would they trade assets or picks for? When they're going to get picks, because the Patriots are going to trade Sabonis, so they're going to trade Miles Turner. Right. I think DeAndre Fox is on the move. 
Yeah. Blazers need to blow it up. Um, they do. They need, to get, they need to get something for Dane before he gets back. He's starting to – he's hurt. But he's hasn't been the same since the Olympics last fall. And uh, they got to get what they can get now while the, while the iron's still hot before uh, before they really start losing some value and miss Absolutely. their window. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so while NBA's picking up, obviously we have the trade deadline coming up in a couple weeks, uh, mid-February, um, about the time we'll recap the NFL season as well. So definitely a lot to look forward to there, but we'll uh, we sandwich the NBA between the NFL and the MLB. Um, lockout made some progress. Um, the players union dropped uh, the free agent discussion, which was five years to, which was six years for free agency now to five, but they dropped that. Um, they're trying to work on some revenue sharing deal, which just seems to always be the biggest issue of these uh, of these CBA talks. And that's well above my pay grade. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't know how that works, but with all that, but um, yeah, they, they're, there's some progress, um, but then it came out that the league is open to closing or to canceling games. I don't know if it's a, a negotiation tactic, tactic that got leaked um, to strike fear in the players saying, oh, shit, we better get this done and play to the owner's hands. Or um, it's just the reality that we're looking at. Um, the time frame, though, for a CBA to get done to get the season started, which opening day is March 31st, you have to get this done by March 1st. Um, players players have to get – I mean, you're still looking at free agents that are still out there. Freddie Freeman doesn't have a team, which, dear God, Atlanta, what are you doing? Um, and then you got Carlos Correa still out there. None of these – Chris Bryant still out there. None of these guys can sign because, because they didn't sign before the league locked out. So there's still some things that need to be done. Um, so it's definitely interesting to follow. But I wish that was the biggest news. Um, they announced their Hall of Fame today. I have some thoughts, but Dave, I'll let you go first. This is your this is your uh, soapbox. And this was something, I'm going to toss it right back to you. But all I got to say is it's, just, it's such a shame that Barry's not in there. I get it. They, you want to hold a grudge. He was terrible to, to the to the writers. He was he was terrible to the media in their eyes. He was a dick half the time on a lot of things. But he's the best hitter in the history of the game. I mean, he he took PDs. Yes, so did a lot of other players. So a lot of other things. The Baseball Hall of Fame is supposed to be for history of the game, right, wrong, or indifferent. This era played a part in the history of the game it should be acknowledged it should be embraced isn't the right word but it you can't just block out a certain history then on top of it bring in david ortiz out of all people on the damn lineup on the on the hall of fame lineup he's probably what the fourth fifth best player on that lineup and he took pds as well um i, I know you go more into that in a little bit here but this is such a shame it makes this is why people shit on baseball all the time. 
you have these guys in here that that won, that set records, that did so so many good things. Yes, they did take they did take steroids. I understand that. I'm not that's I'm not just giving them a pass for that, but acknowledge that they took steroids. But you still they're still a part of the history of the damn game, and these guys they need to be recognized. Like I said, I can't get over this. Trust us enough. This is the best hitter, better than Ted Williams, better than Babe Ruth, better than Cabrera. I mean, he's the best hitter in the history of the game, and now he has to get in on some technicality or some. I don't even know how this works now, how that how that goes. Veterans committee, and there's another another committee I think that can go on there. And just because Ortiz was was good to the media, and he's got a role on Fox, but once let A Rod in, then I mean, he does the same thing, but. That's all I got to say about it. It's just such a shame. It, it just it pisses me off. It's stupid. It's petty. I mean, you're grown ass men and women voting for this stuff, and you just want to you want to people who post their ballots on Twitter because you can make it public, and you just do it for the clicks and the likes. And it's, it's, I'm over that. Just put the people in that should be in, and move on. It's not going to kill anybody to put this guy in here. That's that's all I got. Absolutely. Um... I know you said this is my soapbox, um, but that was a good one. That's a good rant. So yeah. Um, so not only this is what it is. They're instruct the writers are instructed to choose their candidates, not only based on their performance, but also on their integrity, sportsmanship, and character. Now, new listeners, I did this last year around this time. I said that those exact words. Look in the Hall of Fame and tell me, go back to the players of the early days of the game, really anyone. Um, let's just say for argument's sake, let's just do, I don't know. Um, let's just, I mean, there's a lot of them. Too many today that you could point out a lot. You could call it someone's integrity. You can call it that person's sportsmanship. You can point out their character flaws. But you can't take away what they do on the field. So, look, and yes, Bonds never tested positive for it. He got involved with it um, and told it was like taking it for sleeping and stuff like that. And though he never tested positive, his head did grow like the Grinch's heart three times the size, <laughs> three sizes. Um, it seemed from Pittsburgh, but if you split their stats, let's just split those stats. Barry Bonds is still a Hall of Famer, regardless of it, if he took steroids or not. Alex Rodriguez's stats, same deal. I mean, he admitted to taking them in Texas, so started in 2002. So let's just go from his career in '94 in Seattle till he got traded. He was a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens, same deal. These are Hall of Fame players prior to their allegations. And baseball is doing this because they'd look the other way. And Seiko's in. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's the one that blew the whistle on a lot of this. They're not going to remove him from the Hall of Fame. Mm-mm. So, and then they put David Ortiz in. I, I, listened, I was listening to it on 
the Alexa and because I was prepping dinner and listened to it. And just that and I heard the announcement. There's only one coming in. And right then I knew it. It's like the putting David Ortiz in. And look, David Ortiz is a hell of a ball player. Um, I'll say that. But he tested positive in 2003 um, from an anonymous test that allegedly was not supposed to be leaked. Um, and so when I looked it up, I looked up that I looked up that test um, and found an interesting article that Man, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, quite publicly questioned David Ortiz's positive drug test. The headline, this is a USA Today article written by great baseball writer Bob Nightingale. Said, the headline reads, Manfred questions Ortiz, David Ortiz's positive drug tests, comma, urges leniency by Hall voters. Right there in 2016, Rob Manfred basically said, Fuck the drug test. I want you to be lenient with David Ortiz when it comes to his uh, Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That is bullshit. I mean, that is absolute bullshit. And look, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, look, great, lovable guy. I get that. I don't have any issues with his character, his sportsmanship. I don't have his issues with his integrity. But if your argument is a player that tested positive that has Hall of Fame numbers should not be in the Hall of Fame, no one should have been in the Hall of Fame this year um, from the new club, from the new nominees. And now three guys that are deserving of the Hall of Fame and Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds have to wait for a veterans committee that's going to affect a player that should be in the Hall of Fame. Second baseman for the Detroit Tigers, number one, Lou Whitaker. I mean, and Lou Whitaker was punished because of who he was playing, who was in second, who was on second base um, in the same era. The same with Alan Trammell. Who was the, who were the shortstops of those eras? I mean, you're punishing guys for minuscule things that I mean, I'm not saying cheating, cheating the game is legal, but Clemens, Bonds, they never tested positive. Ortiz did. I mean, allegedly, I mean, there's weird things about that test, like I said, but you can't. And base, baseball didn't test until 2005. I mean, it was two years. I mean, Clemens was done, pretty much done then. Bonds only played two years in 2005, since 2005. He, he didn't play since 2007. This is the, I, I don't know. I mean, the Baseball Hall of Fame, I, mean, I love the sport so much, but this is why they're losing the fans for stuff like this. I mean, you can point out, like I said, you can point out many Hall of Famers, no matter the sport. I mean, I'll go to the NFL. Ray Lewis. Everyone know, everyone knows that story. Super Bowl weekend. 
was he involved? How was he involved? Only got misdemeanor obstruction of justice. That's all it was. And after he retired after that Ravens Super Bowl, 2019, he's walking into Canton. Why? Mm-hmm. Because that was a, one of the scariest and best linebackers I've ever seen play the game. That is why. And here you have writers making decisions that are so set in their ways that people will just, like you said, post their ballots for clicks or whatever. You have people intentionally leaving off Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., just because, for no other reason. You have writers voting on, on awards, taking awards away from Justin Verlander, who should have won the Cy Young in 2016. But you just decide, yeah, fuck it, I'm just going to put Porcello ahead of him. Just because he had a better record. Okay. It may, baseball writers make no sense to me for these awards. Like, I get you. Look, I get the advanced stats for those, but when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I mean, I mean, there's there's the argument, and my dad has said it. Well, what does it mean to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Well, it means you're it means you're one of the greatest of all time, but you're the greatest, greatest of all time in your era. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ortiz was that. He was nothing before he went to the Red Sox. I'll say it. He wasn't. When he was in Minnesota, he couldn't. He could hardly hit. Then that test came up. He was in Boston, and he started hitting home runs. Granted, it's a short porch at Fenway in the AL East. A lot of them are short porches with his swing. And look, he's had some of the greatest clutch hits in postseason history. One to this day haunts me. And every Tiger fan. <laughs> um, so, look, I respect, I respect Ortiz a lot. But, again, baseball, if you're going to do this, if you're going to do this stuff, be consistent. Like now, now you're opening a whole lot more questions than answers. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it sucks that I mean, Bonds, like you said, Bonds is the greatest player ever. I'll say it; he's the greatest player ever. He he's damn good. I mean. Yeah, and it was an unbelievable player to watch. But because of alleged issues, there's no record of a positive test for these guys. He was involved with Balco uh, for that whole thing, and there's that massive perjury thing um, that he could have got big trouble for, um, won the appeals. But it's just stupid. It is stupid that baseball is doing this. Right. Look, the, the answer's been in front of them, and I think everyone has the same answer. Mine is, I don't know if anyone has this one, but mine is split their stats. 
Okay, you want to put when did so let's just say when did Bond start allegedly using? Let's just say 1999. Okay, he was in the league since 1986. That 13-year stretch, I think it was, let's just throw this number out. I'm not sure. I think it might be close to 400 in those 11 years or 13 years, 400 some home runs, 400 plus home runs, and a 300 batting average. He's going to the Hall of Fame with those numbers alone. Like I said earlier. So why not? Why not do it that way? Or put an asterisk. Buy some of those. It, it's stupid. Roger Clemens was one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. He's in the record books. You want to... Baseball wants to shoot themselves in the foot? I mean... They're, they do a good job of it. And Manfred, I think, made it worse um, with what he's done. I mean, like I said, that article, the fact that the fact that he even had the nerves to say something like that as a commissioner, to say it's unfair for his, for his Ortiz's legacy to be tarnished by his positive drug test in 2003, I mean, since it's unknown, there's no record of a positive test for all those players I mentioned, except for A-Rod. That one he did get popped for. Mm. We all know that. <laughs> that one we know. <laughs> but again, with A-Rod, same deal. He was going to the Hall of Fame regardless. It's stupid. Uh, but yeah, that'll wrap it up. Um for this week in sports with Eric and cousin Dave. Um, hope you everyone enjoyed those hall of fame rants and uh, join us next week. We'll recap the NFC title game. Um, some more, uh, probably have some more information about, about the MLB lockout. They're meeting again and uh, we'll go from there. So as always, I'm Eric Weirdo with David Kramer. Take care. I'm not going to be able to do that.